Welcome to Calvary Church, where we are dedicated to loving God and loving people. If you want to know more about us, please check us out online at calvary.ca. Now let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor, Stephen McDonald. Near the end of 2021, the Lord began to impress on me the need to lead our church into a new season, a deeper season of prayer, which among other things led us to a a new time of teaching on personal prayer, how it can come alive within our lives, and also the strength and unity that comes from corporate prayer, which is where our fireside prayer nights began. And all last year, every month, the last Saturday of every month, last night we had a wonderful time again praying together. So I encourage you, if you're believing God for something big in your life, mark your calendars. Last Saturday uh, of, of every month, we come at six o'clock in the fireside room and we pray together. And so we did that. And last year we, we, we cried out to God and we prayed for revival, revival in our church, revival in our, our lives, our families, our, our province and our nation. And as I began to pray through those times, God was stirring my faith to believe for a, a great awakening that would honestly eclipse all the pandemic craziness that we've come through over the last few years. Now we know and have heard before, at least some have, that throughout history, some of the greatest revivals that have ever happened within the church have been birthed out of people's earnest desire to pray. And young and old, God has revived his people. Uh, but quite often we see God doing something and stirring a new generation. And so over the last couple of weeks, uh, I've been filled with hopeful expectation as, as God begins to do something again. We hear reports from Asbury University and other college campuses where God is moving among college students who are on fire to, to connect with God, to come closer. And this just, just strengthens my, my faith. But ultimately, lasting, sustained revival, it starts with you. Psalm 119, verse 88 says, Revive me according to your loving kindness. Revive me. So it, it starts with me, so that I may keep the testimony of your mouth. You know, there's no secret formula to revival. It's only experienced when we rest in his ability to move and not in our own ability. We can't make these things happen. When we're faced with a situation in our family or our lives, and we know that it's beyond our control, it's beyond our ability to, to solve, we know that it's only God that can make a difference. When we look at the condition of our, our, our city or our nation, we know that it's only God that can bring that change. And when we look at the world stage and things that continue to escalate, it's only God that can transform lives. And it's from that place of rest that our soul is realigned with the, the purpose of God for our lives. And when we have a healthy soul, right, that's our mind, our will, and emotions, that's who you are, then we'll live healthy lives. We'll be a healthy people. We'll be a healthy church. 3 John 1 and 2, one of the foundational scriptures of our series, our rhythm series, the Apostle John 
says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. You see, God has a, a rhythm for our lives to remain healthy and to stay in step with his spirit. And that healthy rhythm is reflected in his son's life, the way Jesus lived when he walked the earth, the way that he worshiped, the way that he developed relationships, and his brilliant balance between work and rest. But it's from that place of rest that you and I are revived. When we know that it's only God that can, can deal with whatever it is that we're facing. So the sooner we stop searching for rest uh, in all these other places and take these different things for a test drive, the, the sooner we move ahead in what God has planned and purpose for each of us. Psalm 62.1, my soul finds rest in God alone. When he becomes the source of our rest, we're not easily shaken. But the rhythm of our rest, I think we all know, can be easily interrupted if it's not properly grounded in him. Now, recently I took a little time off just to, to get some rest, recharge the batteries, and to do some things around the, the house that need to be done. We all know that that list sometimes is, is always present and always with us. But in the midst of that, that was a few days that I took off, I had to go to the doctor for a checkup. Not so much a fun thing to do, but a necessary thing. And so with that came a follow-up uh, to get some blood work done. And so I go to the clinic, to the lab where I was going to get my blood uh, drawn and get some tests done. And when I got there, the place was packed, like right up to the doors. There was people like up against the door. So I kind of opened the door and there was a person in front of me who kind of moved back because she was literally right up against the door. And I just took a half a step in and it was kind of cold outside. So I was trying to pull the door behind me, but I was having a hard time closing it for whatever reason. It didn't seem to want to close. And so as I kind of stood there waiting for the line to kind of advance, I could tell that the lady in front of me was getting a little, little ticked off, right? She could feel the cold air coming in. And so she barked at me. She turned around and said, hey, would you mind closing the door? You're letting all the heat out. All that cold air is getting in. I said, listen, I'm doing my best to close this door, but it's not cooperating. I'm, I'm pulling on it. Look, I showed her, kind of pulling on the door, but nothing's happening. And so we kind of stood there, and she was grumbling a little bit, talking to the person next to her. And so you kind of have that, that moment where your rest is being disrupted now, right, by someone who's just getting a little carried away. And then all of a sudden she says, oh, I think that, that it might be my fault, she said. I'm actually leaning on the wheelchair button. So there's no way that you can close that door because I'm forcing it open. So she said, I think I, I was... To blame for that. I felt like saying, you think you were, or you actually were to blame for that. But I didn't. I didn't say that. It's in those moments when we've all faced it, where somebody can get annoyed with you or frustrated with you, and it could be something that has nothing to do with you. It could actually be something that, that they're causing, and yet they level that frustration at you. And it's in those moments that that rhythm of rest in our lives is tested. Suddenly we feel ourselves being pulled out of rest and into a place 
of stress. Sometimes you need to contend for the rest that God has promised you and hang on to it despite whatever opposition that you're faced with. Now, today, as we conclude our rhythm series, I want to talk to you about God's plan for rest within our lives and how it can can revive us personally. Now, a lot has been said and written over the last few years about self-care, and I'm not arguing with the need for that. In other words, having this awareness in our lives to, to watch ourselves from the day to day and have a plan to invest in our our mental well-being or our physical well-being. But I believe the key to sustained long-term health and well-being has more to do with soul care, right? Our mind, our will, and our emotions. Because if our soul is healthy, then we are healthy. And for many people, there's, there's actually more going out of our physical and emotional tank than we're putting back in. And that's a big problem. Because over time, we can see the damaging results of this as people struggle with their their thinking, with their mental health. Jesus was constantly aware of this reality. He was constantly giving out. People were grabbing at him, wanting him to teach them or heal them or, or, or be what he was called to be. But he had to find a balance and a rhythm in his own life. He had to work from that place so that he could finish what the Father had sent him to do. And so he was constantly pouring out and then pouring back in, pouring out, pouring back in. He would give, 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 and then he would spend time with his Father, allowing the Father to pour that life back into him. And so even in the busyness of everything that God the Father had called him to do was this place of rest and revival that he needed as he spent time listening and watching what the Father was doing. Time in prayer, time in the scriptures, time in worship. You see, effective soul care is built on the biblical foundation of rest. Biblical rest. Because without it, our life starts to get out of balance. And a misaligned life will always cost you Something, something that you wish never happened or something that could have been avoided. So don't neglect the care of your soul until it becomes too late to treat the problem. It's kind of like a, a sickness or a disease. An early stage disease is sometimes harder to, to detect, but it's much easier to treat. Whereas a late stage disease is, is easier to de- detect, but harder to fix. That's why it's so important to to know yourself, to to take inventory of the rhythms within your life so that we can catch the areas of our lives that that need work, the areas that we need to submit to God so that he can bring about healing and strength in those areas. That's why Jesus warned us in Luke 21, 34, when he says, be careful or your hearts or your souls will be will become weighed down with dissipation or evaporation, right? You can't see it happening, but it's this this pull away from the life that you need. Weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close in on you unexpectedly like a trap. We need to be careful. 
Because if we wait too long, then we find ourselves in a place where we see no escape. So what do we do about it? Well, God has a plan for our rest that sadly too many people simply ignore. I know too many people, pastors included, that ignore the Sabbath rest in their lives. Uh, for some, it's, it's Sunday. But for me as pastor and many other pastors, this is the busiest day of my week. This is the day that takes the most out of me. So I've got to make sure that I choose another day of the week to slow down and to rest. It's very, very important because I need it. God knows that I need it. And the people that, that need me need it. You need it. You see, God the Father modeled this, this rhythm from the very beginning. And if we don't do it, it will eventually catch up with us. You were designed to have a proper balance of work and rest. See, that's soul care. Ah, some people say, come on, Pastor Steve, Sabbath, like, that sounds like Old Testament, like the law. Well, listen, look at this. Hebrews 4, 9 to 11 says, there remains then a Sabbath rest. And when the scripture says there remains, it's basically saying it's the same truth in the Old Testament as it is in the New Testament. A Sabbath rest for the people of God, for anyone who enters God's rest or follows that plan, also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest. It sounds kind of counterintuitive, but we need to work, actually, for our rest. We need to contend for it so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. You know what? A lot of you are working hard right now, but you're not working hard to rest. We must contend for that rest and hold on to it. And you know what? Even when it seems impossible, when maybe you've waited too long to address a situation or a problem in your life, even then, he can still turn it around and move you from a place of stress back to a place of rest in him. Now, the Psalms in Scripture provide us an opportunity to, to slow down, to, re, to reorient ourselves away from the busy of the world, which will always be with us. And so these Incredible words help us to recapture this much-needed focus that we, we must have on, on Christ. So let's look at how David frames it up. Psalm 62, verses 5 to 8, again, taken from a portion of Scripture that's been another one of our foundational verses. Yes, my soul find rest in God. My hope comes from Him, not from those are their options that we all try from time to time. We find our rest in him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. Not on ourselves, not on other people, not on our job, not on, not on our feelings. It depends on him. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times. When? All times. Not sometimes. All times. Pour out your hearts to him. Lay it all down before him. For God is our refuge. Now the translation says God is our rest. So what does God's plan for rest look like 
in our lives. Let me give you a, three phrases that will kind of help you to, to focus on what that rest looks like. The first one is to divert daily. Make time for God every single day. If you don't run your schedule, we know that our schedules will run us. And if you take time, you'll make it. You'll make that time. Even if it's 15 minutes a day, take something and set it aside and build on that. Coming to church once a week is great, but he wants you to experience his rest on a daily basis. Matthew 6, verse 11, Jesus prayed, give us today our daily bread. It's one day at a time. God's provision for us is new every day. He didn't say, give us what we need for the month or give us what we need for the year and then we'll, we'll talk to you again then. It's a daily situation. So I'm asking you to do something, to reinstate that daily time that you need with God. And here's some practical things that you can do. Obviously, read the Word of God. Too many people have multiple versions of the Bible, and they carry it around on their phone, but they simply don't read it. So many fantastic resources and devotionals that are now at our fingertips that, that we need to be accountable for, for all this rich blessing. And we need to use it. We need to read the scripture. Start small and go from there. Listen, one day, one, one verse a day is better than no verse a day. Start reading a psalm or a proverb. This is God's recipe for rest and health for your soul. You need to balance the scales of what's coming in and going out within your life. And so as we read the word, this is God speaking to us. Next, we need to spend time in worship and, and prayer. And listen, don't complicate this. We can complicate this and, and make it so complicated that we just don't do it. Sometimes it's a matter of sitting down, put on your headphones, listen to some worship music, and just, just spend time with him. Pull up the, the Calvary YouTube channel. Listen to our Calvary worship team. Spend some time in worship. And suddenly all the storms that you're facing and going through in your life begin to settle down. And God begins to, to become much bigger than the problems that you're facing. So as we do this, as we worship, as we pray, this is, this is us talking to God, expressing our, our deepest heartfelt feelings. And then we need to just think and and plan our day. Give it to God. Give whatever you're, you're, you're doing tomorrow to God and give it to him today. Even, even if you're not a natural kind of planning kind of a person, if that's not your, your bend in life, it doesn't matter. This will help release you from, from anxious feelings, from, from feelings of stress when you take time every day, listen, to honor him, to talk to him, to give him your day. When you do these things, Rest, lasting rest, actually becomes a reality. Second thing we need to do is withdraw weekly. So the first one is to divert daily. Number two, we need to withdraw weekly. And you're doing part of that today, taking time to come on a Sunday and worship and spend time with, with the church, your church family. But it's not a Sabbath hour, it's a, a Sabbath day. Take a full day to, to rest to recharge and be revived and empowered by the Spirit of God. Again, you need it. You absolutely do. Exodus chapter 20, verses 9 through 10 
says you have six days in which to do your work. That means your work work and your homework. I don't mean your homework if you're students, but yes, that's included there too. But the work that you've got to do at home, you've got all that time, six days to, to get it done. But the seventh day, Scripture says, is a day of rest. Not an hour of rest, a day of rest, dedicated to me. So what, what do we do on a day like that, on the Sabbath, truly? First thing that we need to do is just rest your body. Take a nap, man. Lay down. Sleep in. Get recharged that the, 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 the life that you're living. Remember, sometimes doing nothing is the best something that you can do. Now, you can't do that all the time. That, that sustained lifestyle will get you nowhere. But you can take a day and invest into yourself, invest into your time with God. Just stop. Just bring it all to a stop. And if anybody gives you a hard time, you can say, listen, my pastor told me I need to go take a nap. So I'm going and I'm going to go lay down. You need to do it. I remember back in the day in my home, we'd go to church as a family. We'd come home. We'd have dinner together. We'd have some laughs. People would take a nap and relax. And, and you would just recharge. I think it's time that we kind of restore some of those old rhythms that we once had. We're so busy now that we, we can't even allow our mind to rest. People are watching television with their phone in their hand, trying to watch the two of them at the same time to make sure that they're not missing anything. It's the, the FOMO, right? Like, like, you just have to stop sometimes and, and take that time to, 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 to build strength again. Second thing that we need to do is we need to recharge our souls. You know, the Jewish people believe that you recharge your soul with good food and the right people. I really like that. Stop taking yourself so seriously. Spend some time with people. Laugh more. It's such a medicine to you. Brings you into that place of rest. And then we also need to refocus our, our spirit. That's when we're spending that quality time with God in, in worship and, and the word. It realigns us with his purpose. And so withdraw weekly. Take that Sabbath day and invest it. Give it to God. Third thing we need to do is abandon annually. Abandon means to, to leave. You know, the first part of the word vacation is vacate. It means leave town. Don't drag your work into your vacation because you're robbing yourself and you're robbing the people who need you the most of precious time. Go ahead and lock your phone in a cage like Pastor Vince does if you have to do it. But be deliberate in taking time off. And for the record, it can be done on a budget. Not every vacation has to be a trip to Disney or Hawaii. Sometimes it's a staycation. Sometimes it's, it's recognizing that at least for us here in British Columbia, I know many of you are watching from different parts of the world, but wherever you live, there, there is beautiful things to be enjoyed. Go to a lake, go hiking in a mountain if you've got them. Go walk by the ocean. You can, be, you can be creative and still not break the bank while you're doing it. But your friends and your family have been given to you to be a blessing. And you need, you need to take that time with those people. They need you to be with them. Then you know what? Every now and then save up for a trip. Put some money away and save up for one of those those amazing bucket list trips with your family or with your friends and create some memories that will last, that you'll always have. Ecclesiastes 10.10 10 says, if the ax is dull 
and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed. So take the time to stop and sharpen that edge. That's soul care, right? March break is just around the corner, and I know many of you are planning some long-awaited vacations. But please, make sure that when you do go and you're with your friends and family, make sure that you're present with them. That you're not there in body, but your, your mind is somewhere else, still at the office or still doing other things. You know, growing up, my dad served as a police officer for, for his, his career and eventually became the chief of two uh, later amalgamated cities. That just means that his responsibility was increased. And I've said it before, but quite often I would see him at a news conference on the television talking to the press before I would even see him come home late at night. He had a lot to do. He had great responsibility, which meant that his mind was filled with things that he needed to get done. But you know what? When it was time for vacation or when he came home to be with us at the end of the day, he was fully present. Listen, when we went on vacation and, and, and we were having fun together, he was fully there. And as a dad over the years, I have endeavored to do the same thing, to make sure that no matter how busy I am, there will always be another day to tackle some of those things. But today, I'm, I'm taking this time with those that I love. And you need to do the same thing. Ensure that you are present. You can't be, you can't be somewhere else and there at the same time and be effective. It's impossible. Now, Jesus gives us this invitation today, and this is how I'll close this message. Matthew chapter 11, 28 to 29 says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest, not pretend rest, real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Let's walk in those unforced rhythms with him today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the rhythms of life that you give us to lead us to a place of health and personal revival. I pray for everyone who's listening to this broadcast or this podcast today, and I pray that no matter what it is in their lives they are facing, no matter how impossible it seems to overcome, that they would recognize that when they rest in you, that only you can make a difference. Only you can bring about the change that they need in their life. And I pray that any time you come up against a situation that you'll hear those words, only God, only God. Only God can change me. Only God can heal me. Only God can deliver me from whatever it is I'm facing. Only God. Today we thank you for the rest that you've given us as an example. And I pray that from that, that, that place, those rhythms of rest, that we would, we would contend to remain in that place in a place where we wholly and completely trust you to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God's best, Calvary. We'll see you again next week on Calvary Church Online.